pasa la juca si no le voy a dar con esa. Y el pum 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 Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We've got a uh, special guest with us tonight, uh, joining us to talk about the recent transition for Alamo City to San Antonio Surf, Rick Kuchka. Thank you for joining us this evening. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and Harry also with us, uh, Rafa unable to join. Um, so we look forward to uh, when he is able to come back on, but uh, got a lot of UPSL news that we want to get into with you, sir, and uh, also get into some of the news that was recently announced as far as uh, y'all's announcement about transitioning to a new partnership uh, there with SURF. Why don't we start off? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that announcement and just uh, some of the exciting news? Yeah. Um, so basically, they reached out to us over the summer. Um, they're looking to open new affiliates um we're actually the 20th affiliate of surf and we did a uh, video teleconference with our board talked with them got to kind of find out what they're looking to do and how maybe that could could impact us or not impact us um it was a good conversation we had some questions after that we went back and forth a little bit and then we got to the point where we thought it would be a good idea to kind of meet in person and get a feel for one another, make sure that um, basically everybody had the right interests um, and had the players in mind. So uh, Brian Engie, their uh, CEO, and Chris Adams, their business development director, they came out in August and sat down with us. We went through everything, and at that point, it kind of gained some traction. And next thing you know, we worked through details and decided, you know, if – if we're serious about doing what's best for the players and giving them more opportunities, um, this was something that could uh, really make it happen quickly. Whereas being a, a local standalone club here in San Antonio, it would have taken some time. And, and some of the things that, that we're looking to do with surf, uh, we had actually explored ourselves with other partners, uh, potentially in other uh, areas like Austin. Uh, we do have a partner club in San Marcos called CTX Flash. Um, that um, they register through us and so we can uh, share players and compete in events together and do training events, bring our top players together and uh, uh, kind of do some things with them. So so this is kind of along the lines of that, but it opens up a lot of uh, different opportunities and um, it just seemed to make a lot of sense from, from the player standpoint and what we could bring to them. So I think in the long run, uh, you know, if, if parents like what we offer and what we're doing, that really doesn't have to change. We're just adding additional opportunities for them um, to take advantage of if they want to. Um, and I, you know, so I think it's a good thing. I know they're they're exploring other markets in the area in the South Texas region. Um, potentially get some partner clubs that we can, you know, do regional training events with, um, bring our players together, compete in events with those players. Um, kind of like an ODP type model uh, in a way um, but just give them more opportunities to train with high level you know competition and, and stuff like that and you know maybe eventually DA and those types of things get opened up um, you know but that, that was the biggest thing just the opportunities and then there's a lot of stuff that they do um, for the coaches um, you know monthly calls a lot of shared ideas uh They've got a software program where everybody can share their sessions. You know, we actually got set up with that this week and the coaches are loving it. They go in there and they're looking at stuff that they're doing in San Diego, that they're doing in Utah, you know, all over the place. Um, and then we can actually upload stuff and they can see ours and we can talk and, you know, share ideas, and best practices, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of, a lot of different opportunities and advantages of doing it. Um, and we just kind of felt, you know, that it, that it was going to be a good thing for the organization going forward. Uh, yeah. sad, sad that the Alamo City brand is not there because it's something we've worked hard on and we really were proud of and we, you know, uh, it does obviously represent the city. Um, but I think overall, the just the, the opportunities for the players and stuff, that was the thing that led us down that path. 
Yeah. And, and I'm just curious, you know, kind of to that regard, as far as your coaches are concerned and everything too, one of the things that Rafa shared with us, just being a coach kind of more in an independent setting are sometimes the difficulties like obtaining some of the different licenses and stuff like that to really take some of your coaching to the next level. Is there any help, you know, in, in that regard for your coaches that maybe wasn't, you weren't able to provide now that you guys have partnered up just out of curiosity? I guess that kind of remains to be seen. I know uh, once you get, at least on the U.S. soccer pathway, if you once you get to your C license, um, getting that next level, going to that B license course, it's it's very hard to get into. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure what the requirement is. There's, it's, uh, I mean, I know what the the minimum requirements are, mm-hmm. but then how do they decide who gets in and who doesn't? I'm not sure, and uh, that's not really been clear. So if this helps that, you know, that'd be great. Um, you know, having, having the amateur teams uh, on the women's and men's side and giving our coaches opportunities to do that, I think that will help. Obviously, um, if we did get DA here in San Antonio, eventually then, you know, that would give our coaches opportunities to get into those licensing programs as well. But we also look, you know, outside the U.S. soccer tree as well. Um, United Soccer Coaches has courses. Um, you know, there's specialized things like Tovo. Um, some guys have, you know, coaching licenses from Mexico, England, different things like that. So anything, and we do our internal coaching education as well. Um, so we're always trying to learn and, and find different ways to do it. So even if we do get kind of stuck on, on one pathway, you know, we'll, we'll still continue trying to learn and, and make ourselves better. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And I know Harry uh, was curious kind of about about the branding side of things and, and you know, talking just before the show. Uh, what was the response kind of from, you know, the parents and, and those involved within the organization when, when they kind of heard the news? Uh, I guess they were wondering if we we're going to surf down the river walk or how that was going to work because <laughs> we're not near a beach. Um, some of the parents are familiar with it. Uh, you know, we have a lot of military families in the city, so there's people that have been on the West Coast and they know surf and they understand the brand. Um, you know, most don't. So it was, you know, kind of educating them and, and, you know, showing them what it is and what it's about. Uh, I know I'd say the majority really like the Alamo City brand, uh, but I think if this can provide, you know, better things for their kids, then, you know, they're for it. Um it, it, yeah, it is. It is different, obviously, being in San Antonio, but it's it's a national brand. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's 20 affiliates now, and and they're growing nationwide. And I mean, their their big thing is they're they're synonymous with the big events, you know, the Surf Cup and Surf College Cup, and they bring in you know 500 plus coaches to mm-hmm. these events. Um, and those you know, have been going so on did, for a long, long time. I mean, Surf Cup was a right. huge event back, you know, I was an 86, so we don't need to get into it too much. But um, yeah, it was, it's was. it been big for a long time, like you say, synonymous more with a national brand for sure in right. the circles that know, and, you know, about surf. And, and something actually that, that we're going to benefit from as well with this is we're going to rebrand our, uh, our fall tournament as the Copa Surf. It's going to be a Surf Cup qualifier. There's going to be... I think three age groups to start where we'll have uh, qualifying brackets. So the teams that win those brackets will get automatic entry into surf cup. Um, and surf cup is very, very hard to get into. I mean, they're, they're turning away hundreds of teams um, for those events. So, so that's kind of a big deal. It's a, it's a way for teams in this area uh, to potentially get, you know, a spot in that event. Um, definitely helps out our, our event, uh, you know, providing that opportunity. So, that was definitely a benefit as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the growth, uh, you know, for that here. Cause you know, when, when the news first announced, I, uh, found a, a soccer today article, you know, that was what March 11th. And at that time they said that they had, uh, what 12 affiliated programs. So, you know, you can see that the growth that they're looking uh, to do to go uh, national. So it's, it's awesome to see that with uh, here in San Antonio. And, and as you mentioned here, you know, in the surrounding area, uh, you know, would be really, really exciting to see it. You know, Scott kind of stole my thunder with, with the rebranding question uh, for that here. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, from my understanding, as far as, you know, cause we do talk UPSL and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> as far as, you know, that those teams will not rebrand until next year as well. Um, 
you know, and you know, the only other question I guess is uh, there is a El Paso surf uh, that plays in uh, the UWS, you know, do you, right. just, you know, do you anticipate, um, and you know, whether you can say or not say at this point, you know, you know, you may not be able to say anything, but is that something that uh, could be announcements coming down the road or, um, you know, as far as us going into UWS or yeah, or, or just with, you know, with, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with another surf, I don't, even, I don't know if El Paso has a affiliate or if it's just, you know, the ladies team out there. Um, yeah, they do have an affiliate. Oh, they do have an affiliate. So, yeah. you know, is there any, you know, anything Sweet. to possibly network within the state of Texas at all beyond just locally? Aside from, uh, at this point, aside from maybe, you know, doing friendlies and, and, you know, sharing ideas and things like that, it's obviously we're a big distance from El Paso, so it's kind of difficult yeah. as far as, you know, having a, like a joint team or anything like that. So I think for right now, we're just planning on staying in the leagues we're in um, and just going ahead as San Antonio surf. But, nice. um, you know, there's potential for all kinds of things now, so I won't say no one way or the other. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Rick, and, and I, I'm just kind of curious as well, you know, moving forward now and everything, um, you know, you, you mentioned that nothing will change for the uh, UPSL branding or anything like that until next season. What changes, right. if any, do you expect this to make kind of as far as what you guys bring to the table in terms of, you know, the future and, and what you want to bring to the UPSL? Um. I don't know if, if the brand actually changes anything. I mean, obviously, we're uh, we're hungry to put competitive teams out there. Uh, we we want to provide these opportunities for you know players that have graduated. Um, maybe they're in college. Well, on the women's side, it's easier with the college aspect of it because they're playing in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so if players come home, they can continue playing with those teams, and then they can go back to school. Uh, UPSL is on a different cycle, so now it's. You know, guys who maybe now they're done with college, they want to keep competing. Maybe they're trying to get a trial somewhere, um, you know, so we can be that opportunity for them. Um, so I don't know if the brand so much impacts that. It's still still day to day. We have to do, you know, the right things on the ground. And, and honestly, that's with the youth program, too. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of the opportunities, regardless of the brand, if our guys on the, on the field aren't taking care of business the way we're supposed to, if we're not developing players the right way. And if, you know, we're not doing the things that we're saying we're going to do, you know, then the brand doesn't mean anything. So, you know, we have a responsibility to, to all the Alamo, or Alamo and future surf families, um, you know, to make sure that, that we're providing the best possible experience for them out there, that our coaches, again, are continuing to learn and get better and, you know, can transfer that onto the, the pitch for the players. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff, you know, in the future here that, that definitely um, will be big as long as we continue doing things the right way, you know, on the ground floor. So, so before we let you go, we do have to touch base on the men's action, you know, in the UPSL uh, central, you guys uh, had a heck of a victory uh, this past week uh, after starting, you know, with a, a close one against coyotes FC um, where you guys fell two to one, you know, I believe that was at home. Um, and then you went on the road to uh, play um, uh, Bell County FC, and, and you guys walked away with a, a pretty convincing score um, at that point here. Um, but you had two players that you highlighted, uh, Roberto Del Toro and uh, uh, Braden Lennon. Uh, each had you know four goals, three assists. What I thought was kind of interesting is one's a striker and one's a left back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you tell left back have gotten the player of the match? Is that what you're? Is that where we're going? <laughs> I think UPS. I think UPSL is actually looking at him for uh, Player of the Week or whatever. So <laughs> got a message today. It's it's rare you see a left back, uh, you know, scoring four goals and having three assists. But so, uh, yeah, and uh, as far as Roberto, uh, he's he's actually one of our our youth coaches as well. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so there's that tie there. The kids like to come out and. And yell at him and stuff on the field, but uh, yeah, they both put up uh, some some amazing numbers. And uh, uh, I mean, as a whole, the whole the whole team is pretty solid. And, and like I said, they're they're really hungry to kind of make an impact here. And and uh, you know, their goal they didn't come in just to play soccer; they want to win championships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, the first the first match, unfortunately, I mean, we we did have some 
some chances that, that we didn't finish. Uh, could have been a different story, but that's the game of soccer. Um, you know, we'll get another shot at those guys. Um, and then, yeah, this one, the, the scoreline was a little a little odd to see, I'm sure, uh, when it got posted on social media. But, uh, you know, hats off to Bell County because they, they played hard, you know, regardless. Um and I want to no, highlight so. that j- just real quickly because because I, I know real, the initial reaction that that you always get you know and you saw it in the World Cup not to go back to to kicking a dead horse or beating a dead horse or oh, whatever yeah. with the result like that is you know the sportsmanship angle of it and uh, you know I'm just curious you know what what changes what adjustments because without seeing the game I'm sure there were adjustments that you guys made there at halftime and things like that to try and help counter that a little bit in the spirit of sportsmanship without just totally, you know, bailing completely offensively and, and passing backwards every time you get inside the 18, what changes did you guys make? Basically, everybody uh, that was on the roster that day got in the game and got their minutes. Um, you know, after after a little while, they started taking out a bunch of the starters and putting, you know, some of the guys were on the bench and, and they played the rest of the game. So it's one of those things, and, you know, everybody's got an opinion on it. It's uh, it, to me, if I'm on the other side of it, and I've been on the other side of that before, I'm actually I feel kind of disrespected if teams are just messing about and you know not giving it everything. I can accept you know if you're better than me kind of deal. So um, you know I think Peter, our head coach, I think he he looked at it kind of the same way, and it's like you know what we're going to get these guys minutes uh, you know that might not have gotten minutes in the last game, and you know and get them some work. Uh, so he did that, um, but you know they they played the game. And to be fair, I reached out to Chris with Bell County and, and, you know, we had, we had some discussions and, um, you know, he didn't think it was anything disrespectful or anything along those lines. You know, he knew his, you know, unfortunately this is going to, you know, his first year as well. And, and, um, you know, I think, you know, he knows it's going to be a learning experience for his team. And, um, I know he mentioned that, you know, you know, and he's already put out on social media, one game doesn't make a, a season. Um, and, you know, I would expect Bell County as, as the season, season to progress, you know, uh, you know, I know they're missing, I think their goaltender is, is what he was saying as well. So, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's an ugly result when you look at it on paper. Um, but, you know, like I said here, you know, at the UPSL level and, you know, it, it's all about improvement from game one to, you know, whatever the last game is. And, and like I said here, that's, you know, that's, that's what, you know, all of us hope for is, you know, that, you know, Alamo City, you know, the Runners, Coyotes, Bell County, the Corinthians, you know, all the young players, you know, show the growth and maturity, you know, as the season progresses. So um, while you guys got, you know, got it on this, you know, this one here, you know, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll be able to turn around and, and be a little bit more competitive, at least on, you know, on the pitch here going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach, again, thank you for joining us and, and just kind of going over everything with us. We appreciate you coming on mm-hmm. and everything and, and look forward to following you guys uh, for the UPSL season and uh, for the women's as well. And, and just wish you the best of luck with the transition to San Antonio Surf and uh, just kind of what that brings to the city of San Antonio as far as opportunities for some of these young players. And if you do get an opportunity, uh, I believe you guys are hosting the Corinthians uh, this weekend, right? Uh, yeah, at seven thirty on Saturday, is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So another San Antonio derby between you know Alamo City and, and the Corinthians uh, for that. Who will be playing their second game? You'll be playing your third game, and uh, I know the Corinthians are coming off of a, a loss uh, to the Runners uh, uh, in the first game of the season here. So. Um, you know, if you do have the opportunity to go out and support, especially on the Northwest side, um, it's an awesome, you know, experience to get out there. I do know they have typically have a, you know, a food truck, a beverage truck out there that does serve, uh, adult beverages. Um, I know they got the pitch, be, you know, uh, behind, uh, behind the field or to the side of the field where, you know, the kids can go out and play. So it's an awesome family, uh, family thing. And, you know, unlike the summer when the ladies are playing, hopefully the weather cools down, you know, for the men to wear. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> We're I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed my time, but the women it, know, know that it was already. warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Coach, we look forward to talking to you again. For those of you guys watching, don't go anywhere. We've got some more UPSL soccer, college soccer, and San Antonio FC coming up shortly.
Oh, so always good to uh, talk soccer with uh, some of the uh, local experts here in San Antonio. Uh, lots of fun and everything. And uh, as you mentioned, Terry, one more time for the uh, upcoming match there for Alamo City versus Corinthians on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday at 730, uh, you know, at the Alamo City Soccer Complex over 1604 in, in Claver area, uh, Alamo Ranch area. Um, but also just to kind of wrap up and, and Danielle, you know, you know, who goes by uh, at Toeswiggle on Twitter as far as the uh, move to uh, the surf. And, and she's our, you know, like to say a resident women's soccer expert. And she said this is, you know, per tweet here, this is significant for women's soccer. Talk about the channel exposure, increased opportunities. And this will raise the competition here. So, um, you know, despite my little soreness about, you know, losing the Alamo city, cause I really like the, the branding of it. Um, you know, from, from somebody that's in the know, uh, that's not affiliated with any of the, the programs, uh, you know, it, it sounds like this is a huge step up, uh, especially for the area and especially if they can bring in other affiliates and, you know, and, and, and I'm assuming probably in the Texas, South Texas area. Um, I think that'll only be, uh, be, be great for the, you know, for, uh, Alamo city and San Antonio surf. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we want to get into uh, a little bit more UPSL news before uh, jumping into some of the college action here and bringing you guys uh, all up to speed on that. So, Harry, I'm going to let you uh, take it away. I, I know we talked about already the Alamo City 20-0 result and, and just kind of, you know, uh, some of the initial reaction from that. But what else is going on uh, right now in our UPSL scene? Yeah, really, that was the only match uh, for us uh, UPSL-wise. However, um, big news uh, from the team uh, just, was it north of Alamo City and uh, with the San Antonio Runners? Uh, they went on the road uh, in in the uh, Open Cup and came away with a 2-1 win over Coyotes FC. Um, but more important, uh, you know, you know, so they get the, they get, they get the victory, but more important... In round two, they're going to host uh, South Cowboy, I believe is what it is, from Austin. Um, they unfortunately, yeah, I consider it an upset, pulled the upset over uh, uh, Central Texas Lobos uh, on that same, you know, I guess that was earlier in the day around noon when they played. Uh, but uh, so they'll have the opportunity uh, to possibly advance to round three, which then gets a little bit tougher because uh, I think they face the winner of uh, Innocentes. And where did that tweet go? Um, you know, so what's the other one that's always in the, the Vaqueros? Yeah, the Vaqueros. So, uh, and I'm assuming if you, they could get past those two rounds, then you're talking about an opportunity possibly to play San Antonio if, if they get through. But of course we'll have to see. It's a long, uh, long path. I, I think a lot of people are really excited though about the, uh, Innocentes. I know you tweeted that out that, that you were really excited as well about a potential, rematch there even if they make it past celtic you know not to look too far ahead yeah not to look too far but and you know it'll be interesting you know we were going to have mason on unfortunately you know schedules didn't didn't exactly line up um at the last minute here uh, but you know we're going to try to see if we can either get a hold of him um and put up a special uh, episode of it or uh maybe have it you know do it early and then you know air it uh, next week here but uh, i do think it's something that we do need to uh, broad cross because you know open cup action you know especially for the local teams um, is great branding and exposure and and you know it's it's a heck of a win um, especially over the coyotes which which is a pretty you know solid team um, be able to do it on, on do it on the road qualifying or, or total yellow yeah, open cup qualifying yes <laughs> or else it's bad for branding when you call it an open <laughs> cup match because technically it's not a match yet it's just like qualifying for the open cup so well, you say that, but the players are locked in. So, hey, this—it's a focus of to them. This is their open cup <laughs> run, you know, and, that, and that's a great point. You know, when you talked about Mason and some of the goals they had at the beginning mm -hmm. of the season, this was a huge focus of theirs. So, I'm sure, like to your point, if if you talk to them, uh, this is where it starts. This is the open cup run. Well, it is. It's, yeah, I know they say qualifying. I know it's it's not you know probably the proper as you say. But if you play, you know, if, if you're playing for the runners and, and by chance you happen to get signed by San Antonio FC, you cannot play for San Antonio FC next year or any team besides, you know, the runners. So, um, and when you go through the, you know, when you go through the history, you know, on the Open Cup, it has the qualifying right there. Now, 
you know, is it round one, round two along those lines? No, but you know, that that's, that's a separate discussion. Absolutely. So we'll celebrate whatever uh, we can here, you know, as far as achievements and stuff like that goes. So uh, excited to cheer them on for this run. Uh, since they are really the only local team kind of competing, at least this year, uh, in the tournament. So uh, nobody else really to root for as far as a dog in the fight goes in that one. Um, but uh, exciting news there for them. And, and yeah, to your point, kind of just an, an oversight on our part during the UPSL season. Uh, obviously, you know, we are lucky to uh, have a guest with us this evening, but uh, going to be easier probably to try and schedule those things uh, earlier. So... Uh, moving right along, though, uh, into some college action, then uh, want to bring you guys all up to speed on that as uh, some of the conference play is either just beginning or fixing to begin. Um, taking a look kind of at St. Mary's there first. Uh, I know there was a little oversight on the post um, with their historic win over Midwestern State. It was the first time in school history, if memory serves me, not from me knowing this off the top of my head, but looking it up earlier in the week, um, I believe they were 31-1-0, so uh, no wins in the history for the school against Midwestern State there in Wichita Falls, um, so huge win for them. Uh, also, too, want to give a shout out, uh, Jacob Saley, their goalkeeper, nominated to uh, Goalie of the Week. And uh, Kane Smith, um, their midfielder, nominated for Offensive Player of the Week, uh, scored the first goal in the in the last match that they had um, against Midwestern State. And uh, he was a transfer here from Hawkeye Community College. So a new player there for St. Mary's and uh, his first goal. Uh, the insurance goal would come from Ninad Markovich. Uh, so they would win that one uh, against Midwestern State University 2-0. to zero. Uh, Their next game will be against Texas A&M International, which you may be familiar with there, Harry, uh, because that's where uh, the Laredo Heat play all of their games. Um, so kind of a little tie there as uh, they kick off their Lone Star Conference um, on Thursday at 7 p.m., versus Texas A&M International. So who do you think Jose's rooting for uh, in that one? No, there's no question. Texas A&M International, that's, you know, Laredo, come on. There might be one Laredo Heat player that his brother plays for. No, we're just kidding, Jose. We miss you come back on. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, I saw him at the game, and, you know, why can't he come over here, too? Are we not as cool as SAFC or what? Soon, soon. That's like Todd's tweeting us now. So I know he's just, he's right there. They're coming back. Um, <laughs> so St. Mary's, though, right now, 3-1-1 one, one on the season so far, non-conference play, uh, looking good, you know, kind of heading into the Lone Star Conference. But we'll see what they do against Texas A&M International. Uh, on the women's side, kind of the, the opposite record, 1-3, uh, um, but having just won their game against Northwestern Oklahoma, 2-1. to one. So, uh, so far, again, though, no conference play, just starting, so no alarm bells yet. Um, but the game... They're actually 2-3. and three. They, they uh, beat uh, Jose's team, Texas A&M International, 1-0 on September 11th, so down in Laredo. So, uh, but, they, you know, they are 2-3. Uh, two, uh, two and three. Uh, they're away, 1-3 and three home, uh, Want to know, but yeah, they, they do open up uh, on the road uh, Thursday at San Angelo, or I guess not San Angelo, but Angelo, Angelo State. State. Uh, they're in San Angelo uh, for that here, so that'll be interesting. Then they'll turn around and play uh, St. Edwards up in Austin uh, for that here for you know, that Thursday, Saturday uh, doubleheader. So it'll be a tough one to uh, kind of kick off their conference play and everything. Uh, moving along to our UIW, University of Incarnate Word, uh, into the Southland Conference on the women's side, uh, two and six, kind of. You know, we, we talked about that game that we saw uh, them play against UTSA early in the season and just some of the struggles, kind of a rebounding year, still a building year uh, for that program under some new leadership. Um, but had a 1-0 win here recently over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, Keely Alaya got a PK uh, in overtime uh, for a golden goal win. Um, so it was uh, her first goal and, uh, you know, a, a good win for them to open up play there in the Southland Conference. 
Yeah, it looks like, you know, they've uh, played mainly uh, away here for, for the most part at home. They're two and one. Um, but it looks like here they had a, a California trip um, and then they played uh, University of North Texas uh, for that here, uh, you know, here in town. But, uh, tough? Um, you know, it looks like here, you know, they played UH, Texas Southern um, away and then, you know, an away trip to Cal State, uh, Bakersfield and, and California Baptist. So um, it'll be interesting. They, they go on a road again this uh, weekend, uh, Friday, Sunday. Uh, Friday at Southeastern Louisiana and Hammond, and then uh, Nickel State uh, on Sunday in, in Thibodeau, I believe is what it is. So uh, their next home match will be uh, Friday, October 4th. Uh, they have a father-daughter night against the University of uh, Central Arkansas. And then uh, October 6th, they're having barbecue at Benson against, uh, Benson against uh, Northwestern State. So if you do get the opportunity, that's a noon kickoff. Uh, for league play here and, and uh, the Fridays at five. So, uh, you know, it should be, should be an interesting uh, couple of matches there, you know, a couple of weeks here where you'll be out, out of town this week, but coming back, especially that Sunday, um, we know San Antonio does barbecue very well. So it'll be interesting to see you, how UIW does. <laughs> and moving right along to the UIW men's uh, three and three on the year. Uh, you know, they, we talked about that match against Oral Roberts going to be one they had penciled on the calendar. Uh, one zero loss, unfortunately, in that it was a non-conference game, though. However, um, Carlos Mercado, again, their goalie, seven saves in the first half, doing everything he could to uh, try and, uh, you know, get the win or at least the tie in that one, uh, but unable to get the clean sheet, uh, 1-0 loss to Oral Roberts. And they will open up the whack play against Grand Canyon uh, on Saturday at 9 p.m., who, looking at the table just kind of from non-conference play, appears to be one of the, the higher-seeded teams uh, kind of heading into conference play. So this will be a, a, a tough first match of the season, it appears, there for the UIW on the men's side. And then they come home, and on October 4th uh, at 7, uh, they'll play Air Force. Um, and then uh, uh, on October 6th at 2, they play uh, uh, was it Utah Valley. Yeah, Utah Valley, U- U- UVU. And Air Force um, is another game. I'm glad you mentioned that one. So uh, definitely going to be one to circle uh, for co- going out and seeing a game. That's got to be to see Air Force. You know that, that that's got to be a pretty exciting game. And what, what it looks like here is that you know we'd have to probably do some research on the uh, the scheduling here. But it looks like you know they have double headers. So the women play at five. Uh, the men play at seven, so you could catch a double header where you know the University of Central Arkansas ladies versus UIW ladies, and then you know catch the Air Force UIW men's uh, you know kicking off at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, uh, you know, and then on Sunday they have the the duplicate with uh, you know twelve and two at, at uh, Gale and Tom Benson Stadium. So um, if you have some opportunities, like I said, if you want to you know spend a few hours supporting the local. Uh, UIW team, uh, you know, like I said here, you'd have that opportunity uh, to catch both the men's and women's, uh, you know, I'm assuming one, you know, I, you know, this is just me making an assumption, but I'm assuming one prize nice. gets you into both. So, you know, I doubt they're clearing the stadium in between games. Yeah. And, and, and just to like highlight kind of how good some of the soccer is, um, you know, just within the Air Force in general, you have the Defenders Cup that's played here every year that we talk about, you know, around Memorial Day or whatever. And a lot of those Air Force teams, you know, they're from Air Force bases around the United States and those guys can play. I mean, there's some guys that if they weren't in the military, you definitely see them in the UPSL, if not the USL. You know, it's it's that level of talent. So I am really excited to uh, see that game, but moving right along uh, here with our college uh, results, Trinity University uh, going to be another exciting game on Friday, uh, but currently sitting at two, two and two. So had some mixed results uh, to, to the start of this season for Trinity, um, but uh, just recently had a six zero win over University of Dallas. So Pretty good result uh, to kind of get the troops motivated and everything. Um, just kind of a, a couple notables to mention. Uh, John Connor Rule would net the uh, first goal in that game, which would be the the, the game winner uh, for his first goal uh, in collegiate soccer. Um, also, two scoring their first goals uh, in collegiate for the season. 
Michael Somerville, Michael Pham, Philip Duenez, and Jared Olson. So shout out to those kids uh, all finding the back of the net uh, in that game. So coach has to be excited about getting that kind of result as they get into some of their conference play. Yeah, Trinity, like I said here, it's um, just looking at the, the schedule here. It looks like they had a, you know, a rough weekend, you know, the early part of September against uh, Claremont and, and then Hardin-Simmons, um, you know, you know, up in, in Richardson, Texas here. It looks like it, uh, where they here, uh, they lost three to one in each one of those games. Um, but outside of those, you know, it looks like here they've, they've done fairly well. So it'll be interesting to see if that was just a, a bad weekend mm-hmm. um, for their here and, and to see if they can kind of rebound, uh, you know, this weekend here where they uh, play Texas Lutheran on Friday and then Southwestern Texas uh, or what, Southwestern uh, University, you know, Texas here on, on the 29th. Um, those are at a seven and two o'clock kickoffs. Part of the issue for Trinity has been scoring. Um, that The goals, that 6-0 result that they had recently basically doubled their goal total for the year, um, having only scored six goals in their first five matches. And uh, it was the most goals scored for the college since 2013. So, uh, again, definitely a positive result there for them against University of Dallas. Um, Going to be our game of the week for the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable this week, uh, the Trinity matchup versus Texas Lutheran. Uh, for those of you that don't remember, aren't aware, uh, goalkeeper for Texas Lutheran, Caleb Weed, uh, has been getting some minutes now as a freshman. So uh, I know I talked to him uh, earlier in the week. He played for Warren last year, um, and he's really excited to come back to San Antonio and, and to be playing in San Antonio, having committed to Texas Lutheran. So uh, this will definitely be a good test for Caleb, you know, facing that offensive firepower that was able to put up six goals last week against University of Dallas. So we'll have to uh, wait and see uh, what happens Friday night, but I will be out there um, at 7 p.m. Um, there at Trinity. So it should be a great game. Um, but finally, kind of moving along to the uh, UTSA women's side of thing, I know you had the uh, – Last result kind of pulled up from Middle Tennessee that was a, a tough one for the Lady Runners. Why don't you walk us through uh, the current UTSA women's standings and, and kind of what happened in that match there against Middle Tennessee? Yeah, so it looks like here with the, the Middle Tennessee, uh, it was a heartbreaker. There, there's, no, there, there, there's no way uh, to, uh, you know, to... to to say it, it was just uh, they were up uh, three to three, uh, three to two, uh, and then Middle Tennessee scored with about thirty seconds left in the match, and then in the first overtime in the ninety seventh minute, they they got the they got the winner. So uh, unfortunately, uh, UTSA yeah, after a strong preseason schedule um, took the first loss uh, in in Conference USA play. Um, so they're now at four, three, and one. Um, on the year, so uh, you know, I know you know. I saw a video on on on, on Twitter from the UTSA head coach, and you know, it's, it's one of those hard ones. It's a learning experience, but uh, you know, a lot to be you know, a lot to be proud of. You know, you know, by the Lady Runners uh, for out here. But uh, they get Rice next. Uh, you know, who who's who did a uh, start the season. You know, one and zero, four and four. Uh, what'll be interesting is Rice does play Middle Tennessee away on Thursday, and then on I think it's Sunday uh, that they'll come and play UTSA. So um, an opportunity for UTSA to climb back into this, uh, you know, as, as their season uh, really really kicks off on on their uh, for that here. So they'll get the Rice here, and then the next time uh, they'll get uh, is actually a, a rivalry match, in, in my opinion, uh, where they play North Texas. You know, uh, North Texas. Uh, beat the crap out of uh, UTSA football this past weekend. Uh, so ho- hopefully the, the Lady Runners soccer team can get some revenge uh, on, on October 6th. But uh, uh, first is Rice, uh, you know, that's a huge match. And then if yep. we can you know, get the opportunity, uh, they can get, you know, UNT uh, uh, as well here. So and as uh, you a, lot, a lot of action. 
Yep, conference play just kind of starting, so still very early as far as any tournaments are concerned and, and everything mm-hmm. else. So Sunday at 1 p.m., uh, take on Rice, who beat Charlotte 1-0 in their first conference game. So important matchup there for uh, the, the Lady Runners. Um, and I think that kind of sums up uh, most of the uh, college news. Yeah, so... Uh... We want to talk about the good news or the <laughs> so it can't be yeah. uh, so San Antonio FC uh, on the road they got a point so that's positive man down uh, man down uh, I kind of question the red card but you put yourself in it you know you know it's it's one of those where it wasn't you know it could have went either way there were uh, a lot of stupid tackles that game you know but. Um, unfortunately for San Antonio, uh, with the draw, uh, they have dropped out of the playoffs, uh, right now. They're one point behind El Paso, who also has a game, uh, two points between, uh, behind Las Dos and New Mexico, and now five points behind number seven, uh, or six, seven, um, you know, Real Monarchs and Austin Bolt. So two big matches this week, one tomorrow night against Tulsa. Uh, in my opinion, a must win. Mm-hmm. And then they come home and face probably one of the hotter teams uh, going on right now uh, in Fresno, mm-hmm. uh, who ended the uh, streak of Phoenix Rising this past weekend. So uh, I was listening to uh, Foxtrot Pod uh, earlier today, and, and they're filling uh, their oats, uh, thinking that the team's turned around, and, and you know that you know it's it's you know you know they're talking three zero three one. Uh, victory, so uh, you know, you know, the, you know, they're expecting just to come in, and uh, it'll be a competitive match, of course, but uh, they're expecting to walk away with some points. And uh, but you know, I remember we used to own Tulsa, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the last three they've owned us with I think you know uh, for that here, which knocked us out of the playoffs uh, really last year. Um, so does history repeat? Scott, that's that's the question. Well, you know, I, I had my analysis from some results and, and not to get too far ahead, you know, yet I, I do want to say that, um, you know, I thought the game on Friday, uh, first off, want to say thank you to I-10 Ice House for, for kind mm-hmm. of having us out there and everything. They had the five TVs or six TVs over in the back corner. I thought that was a, a really cool spot to be able to uh, just kind of have a whole area, you know, usually when we do these watch parties, unless it's like an official SAFC Twin Peaks event like what they're doing uh, tomorrow, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, you know, you don't usually have that much space kind of dedicated to uh, to you as fans. So uh, shout out to everybody that came out there and watched the game on Friday. Um, I thought they played with uh, a lot of heart. Um, but I think San Antonio FC continues to struggle with accurate passing out of the back, which is something that if you're going to be a playoff contender, shouldn't be an issue. I mean, especially in a match like that where you're playing a man down and you're playing with as much energy and effort and heart as what they were playing with, and you go and give up an easy goal like that on a bonehead pass out of the back. And when you go back and look at the final 15 or 20 minutes of that game, and I, I bet if you went back and looked at you know the final 15 minutes of every game, that's typically where you start to see us make lazy mistakes where we're just turning the ball over to the opposition and they're coming right back down our throats. And it reminds me of my Sunday league game, you know, when everybody's gassed and nobody has the energy to keep playing. So, I mean, I hate to see that type of result in a game like that because you know how hard they worked. And that's the type of goals that shouldn't happen. That's the type of mistakes that you eliminate in practice just with repetition and by having at least a talented enough roster to complete some passes out of the back because I know that's been a struggle of ours and it was a struggle this week. What was your thoughts on Lopez being subbed out? I know he didn't like it in the 70th minute uh, for that there. Prano got subbed out for Barnby. Um, and who's the other one? Rafa got subbed out for uh, Mo, Her- Mo Hernandez, which, you know, that was right after the, the P.E.K.K.A. red card. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, second yellow, he got one in 49 and one in the, the second yellow in the 52nd, which was red, but. So, so the subs, I, the Lopez, <laughs> you know, I, I get his frustration with coming out. He's a competitor. He wants to stay in. 
I felt like the pieces that we were putting in were the pieces that we were putting in to get a win. You can't argue the substitutions that Powell made with who he was throwing on the pitch. I felt like he should have pulled Gomez. Gomez has been so hot or cold this season. Mm -hmm. This game, he did not look like he was having one of his strong games. And he hasn't exactly had one of those seasons that inspires a whole lot of confidence where you feel like he's just going to turn it around. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when he struggles, he struggles and that's it. And so I, I feel like if it was Barnby, you were thrown in there, you know, maybe for Gomez or whatever, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have had as much issue with it. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, that, that he should have maybe been the player that was pulled. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't understand, you know, in a one, one game where each team needed the win there, you know, the draw didn't help either one out, you know, where, you know, and, and it would, you know, Rafa has been calling for it. You've been calling it for it, you know, you know, Toronto, you know, I was kind of surprised that, that he got pulled. Um, because I think he does have, you know, you know, does have that extra step, and unless there there is a little bit of a nick that you know they're trying to watch his minutes. Well, but, and he was getting shut down. I mean, and yeah, he had an off day. This is well, they were quadruple teaming him. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough when you got four or five guys hacking your ankles, and and we've kind of talked about his style of play leads to that a little bit. You know, not to beat a dead horse, but you know, he, he it just wasn't real effective and. That's where I feel like San Antonio FC struggles in their attack. And we'll get into kind of their consistency and and that tweet and that breakdown and kind of my tinfoil hat theory on that um, here in just a minute. But consistency has been one of their biggest issues. And so when one piece of your attack isn't working like Pirano, you don't see some sort of, you know, makeup for that anywhere else. And it's like we just can't come up with anything. The starters, uh, we had Mo and Barnby that came back. Neither one started. They went went with LaHood and Rafa. Did that surprise you? Yes and no. Um, you know, we talked about last week what it's five yellows and then seven they miss again, so they really only have two that they can get. So if you're kind of, I mean, not that you're saving anybody at this point, you know, it's got to be kind of all hands on deck, which I thought – we did. We didn't try and park the bus and play for a draw at all in this match with any subs or anything like that. You're starting 11. You can argue, you know, maybe who your best starting 11 is. But I don't think that that's anything out of the norm than what we've seen as far as LaHood playing that defensive mid. I think the only one I'd question you know, would be Rafa. I would rather have Rafa's leadership and free taking, uh, free kick, you know, free kick ability later in the game. Um, you know, so if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, and I understand it was probably a tactical switch to bring in Hernandez, uh, you know, you know, for that here. But I, I think I would have rather, you know, had Barnby, uh, you know, start in that position. I think he's, a, you know, and, and Rafa did good. Don't get me wrong, but I think His Barnby brings a different, little- off, excuse me. I'm sorry, Harry. I was looking at the right. screen. It threw me off. So, but that that would have been my only thing here. I, I, I'm hoping that you know, you know, with with the two games that that we get Mo and 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 Barnby back in because I do think that they are. All well, Peck is out, so you're going to have Mo in. You know, Mo is going to start automatically with probably LaHood as captain mm-hmm. uh, for that here. Um, and then it would be the question: Do you you know still have Rafa start, or you know you you know you bring it in? Uh, Barnby or you know along those lines and um, it'll it'll be interesting you know Tulsa's Tulsa has improved recently uh, they're still a, a bottom team um, but they you know you know it seems like a lot of results coming out of Tulsa is, is a two to one uh, match so you know they'll probably you know they'll probably get at least one goal uh, the question is can they get that second goal when and uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, recent history uh, says that San Antonio hasn't. Um, but I, I got a feeling that uh, um, that 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 they've got to have they've, they've got to have it here. So these two for um, this one in order to get the win. Yeah. So you, you've got you've got it. If you don't get the win, you can't walk away with the tie. If if, if you don't get the win. Um, to me, you know, to me, you know, I did a poll, and, and most, everybody, I think, well, seven people took it. Uh, majority said, uh, you know, four points is, is what to expect from this week. 
I think you got to get six. And, you know, uh, you know, for the hairs we discussed earlier, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, New Mexico United plays Phoenix uh, this week here. So, you know, we, we got to hope for a little bit of help, uh, you know, from Phoenix, uh, you know, to, to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, knock down and, and then the bold play four on the road. So to me, the, the bold are, are, are the ones that can fall down um, pretty easy because their road record is very questionable. Um, but you well, know, here's, here's the problem though for San Antonio FC because yes. you, you talk here, here about you I mean, it's, it's a perfect segue. And before we get into it, I do want to acknowledge because there's a good discussion going on on the Facebook live chat right now. Um, Rafa, who can't be with us tonight, uh, answering for Guillermo Corona, who was asking, Why isn't ever getting any playing time? Um, Rafa's response, you know, which I, I think everybody kind of feels is. He may be in the doghouse for something with Coach Powell. Um, you know, we keep going back to, or at least I know I do, that that game, that last game where we saw ever score, I feel like it was, um, that we saw him celebrate with Coach Marcina, and that, that to me was just kind of odd. And since then, you haven't seen ever get any minutes. Um, and now with the addition of Frank Lopez and, and how well he's playing, um, I know our Rafa has talked about, you know, unless they throw maybe uh, – two up top or something like that, which a lot of people would love to see, you know, with a, another forward. Um, we really haven't seen ever Guzman, and I don't know if we're going to see him anytime soon. But one other comment I want to mention, Pekka as captain needs to be smarter, um, you know, doing that to the team and, and resulting in us playing a man down. I'm curious before I go into my tinfoil hat theory on why San Antonio FC won't make the playoffs this year. Um, what do you think about Pekka, you know, as far as being captain and, and, and reacting the way that he did that they got the red? I didn't think it was that. I was surprised by the red card. I, I've seen other fouls that, you know, especially for a second card, I've seen other fouls that get, you know, you could have said, hey, this is your last warning along those lines. Um, cause it was, the ref was pretty clear and, you know, he went straight, there was no discussion and, and, um, I think Ra- it caught Rafa off a little or not Rafa, but Pekka off, a, a, off, mm-hmm. off guard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't put yourself in that position though. That's, that's the problem, right? Especially right after committing one, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and even still, you know, I thought San Antonio was still the better team, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, you know, whether it was on the pitch or not, I don't think it changes the results. Do you? Uh, I mean, I, I think maybe it does. Uh, you, they, the way they gave up their bonehead goal and as good as they played to your point, even being a man down, they still played like the better team and still couldn't get the result that they needed, you know? So to your point, I get where you're coming from. Maybe it doesn't result in three points having the 11th man there. Because the way that the goal was scored, you still give that up and they still score in a transition, you know. And so I don't know if it necessarily eliminates that. That's a great point. But uh, moving along into uh, kind of my cryptic tweet uh, yesterday evening as my eyes were hurting from double checking and double checking uh, D's and W's and L's (laughs) over and over again because I didn't want to get anything wrong as far as my facts go. That's what we here at the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable are here for. Um, I started thinking about Phoenix Rising and and just kind of their historic season uh, and everything with their 20 consecutive wins. 20. Have you ever won 20 things or 20 games or 20, you know, even on your phone? Have you ever won 20 events in a row, even like FIFA or anything like that? I haven't. You you know, not that I'm the best, but. My senior year, we were 27-0-2. Oh, so that's got to so. count for something, right? Yeah. But, um, so you're better it, than rising is th- what that you're saying. That was high school. Yeah, that was the USL. Excuse me. Back in my day in 5A. No, but um, anyways, so Phoenix Rising, obvious win streak here to be celebrated. Uh, but I started thinking about San Antonio FC and just, uh, you know, typically you look back on a season and there was at least, you know, four or five games where, you know, maybe we had three wins and, and a couple draws or four wins in a draw. Um, but going back and looking at all the results, even if you want to factor in a non-league play like the Cardiff match or even their Open Cup game versus Laredo, we'll count that as a win and throw that in there. They still do not have a single winning streak 
all season long. So a winning streak meaning three wins, not a non-losing streak, because uh, that's the closest that they've come twice here recently with a win-draw win and then a loss, and a win-draw win and then two losses, uh, which you guys will remember here recently. Um, but So I did a little research here, obviously Phoenix Rising 20 games, uh, looking at Fresno, they've had two runs where they've gone on six and seven win and draw streaks. Reno had a five-game win streak in July. OCSC, now mind you, these are all teams that are at the top of the table where we wish we were right now, uh, is on a six-game win streak right now. Sacramento, who is the closest to what we are in terms of results, had two three-game win streaks. So I thought if you take San Antonio FC's results and give us two three-game win streaks instead of these win-draw wins and win-draw wins, it'd be like another four to six points, which is exactly where Sacramento sits ahead of us right now. Uh, Looking at Salt Lake City, they had a six-game where they had five wins and a draw. Uh, The teams that are that don't have win streaks are teams like Los Dos, uh, which are sitting, when you look at the table, exactly you know where we are, uh, but a couple points ahead. So when you look at where San Antonio FC has been this season compared to where every team that's at the top of the table looking at the playoffs right now has been, the one thing we lack is any kind of consistency with win streaks. We've only won two games in league play or in you know, in league play, if you want to just go wins and losses, we've only won two games in a row one time. And that's not even a streak. That's just back to back. Back to back. So it's, you know, and, you know, I, I still go back and, and you know, you know, this, this will be a topic for another day. Um, Tim Holt said last year results were unacceptable. The, there is no difference between last year and this year. The results are, they almost mirror each other. You know, there's just no, you know, there's no consistency, uh, you know, you know, in, in the results to where, you know, it's, you know, you know, I had, a, you know, I forget who it was on Twitter that says um, th- they play down to the teams on there. So, mm-hmm. you know, like Tacoma, the, you know, Tacoma's getting rolled by everybody Five, except zero. by San Antonio and, and we get rolled by them, um, you know, you know, for that here. And, and I know some of it may be just a matchup type situation. But you know, we keep saying, "Hey, there's time. There's there's no time now." It's you know, it's you know, again. every year we start out, "Hey, it's okay." You know, drop a point here. You know, what they had a three game losing streak. You know, uh, you know, in, in, you know, you know, we've had two three game losing streaks. So, you know, and one of them was Open Cup. Uh, you know, for that here, you know, involving Open Cup. But you know, the, the only thing that consists that that uh, San Antonio FC, unfortunately, right now is consistent at is inconsistency. That's that's, that's the only that's thing. The pattern. <laughs> so that was kind of my you guys. little <laughs> tidbit that, that I bring to the table with my research here. I think I don't know if Guillermo's calling me a show off or if he's calling Rafa a show off there uh, on our tw- uh, Facebook chat. I think it was probably calling you, you know, with your uh, twenty-eight and one or. Or no, twenty-eight zero and one, or you know, uh, but that's that's that, 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 that's that <laughs> North Texas, you know, soccer that you keep talking to us about. North Texas, uh, where they have UPSL seven on seven sanctioned. Oh, I still got to check with uh, with, uh, with those guys here. I did see you know UPSL coming out with a Louisiana division now nice. uh, today. Uh, Guillermo posted: Is there any correlation between the lineup inconsistency and the inconsistency of the result? I don't know if there is. It seems like the lineup, for the most part, has been fairly consistent. Well, it has been inconsistent at times. And so that's where I kind of get back to, you know, I know we've published an article and uh, I know uh, Aaron Marvel published an article kind of about the road versus home. So you can look at it as inconsistencies within the lineup week to week have resulted in issues and consistencies as home in a way have resulted in issues for this team? I think the answer is kind of yes, all of the above. You know, not having a consistent lineup, not playing consistently to the level of the team that you're playing, to your point earlier, and not playing consistently when you're on the road to the level that you're playing at home. You know, it's all the thing. That's the thing that bothers me because at home, I think they're a top, top 14. At home, home, they're a top 14. Pardon me? 
Tacoma was at home, was it not? Off the top of my head. With no, they they beat them on at the home. Road? Okay. That was on the road where they Forgive got shellacked. Forgive me. Um, I think uh, the biggest one here. I want to say OC. I think. No, RG. Well, RGV they tied because they were up two zero and they let them come back in that you know in, in our house uh, for that here. But we died to me the, the, the it's just I don't I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what the fix is. You know, it's it's one of those. You know, I've kind of come to the point. You know, if we make the playoffs and it's a play, you know, if it's a play in game. Um, I think it's 50-50 <laughs> if we get beyond that. Um, there's some teams that I like our matchups with if we do get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is, is you, you know, the team has shown that, that, that they're not capable or, you know, history has shown that they're not capable of putting any, any games together to build on. Mm-hmm. And that to me, that goes back to coaching. You know, if, if you're not building, you know, week to week to week, you know, because you'll have a good result, and then the next week they look like crap. You know, it is, and and I don't, I don't. The players aren't changing, the coaches aren't changing. It's got to be one of the two, and I, I, you know, I like to believe that the players are putting in quality efforts and stuff like that. I know there's you know been some issues with it. You know, we've talked about hey, was it a locker room issue? Mm-hmm. But. There's only one. There's one. There's two people that are in charge of it, and that's Mr. Holt and and, and Coach Powell. Mm-hmm. And you know the Bucks got to stop somewhere. This is year four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know by this time the you know the Scorpions had won a title. Now they had a couple of shit years as well. Don't get me wrong. But but we're back you know, when, to winner go home, which is the exact same boat we were in last year at this time. It's the same it's exact the same thing, boat. and and. <laughs> Just like last year, they went on a road trip. Now, the good thing here is, you know, basically three out of the next four, and we only have five matches, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so they fit, you know, out, you know, left. But three out, three of them are on the road. You know, the, the Tulsa one here, uh, they come home, play a tough Fresno team. Right. Then they go on the road to Portland, which is struggling, and Vegas, which is struggling. Both of those are, are winnable games. But both of them, you could you could walk away with no points with you know if they play to their level. Mm-hmm. If they play to the level that we know that this team can play, they, they could string together some stuff. And then their last games against Colorado Springs, which uh, I know Colorado Springs you know hired uh, you know Koch uh, from you know from Cincinnati uh, this week here. So I don't know if he's starting this year or if if he'll be on you know when next season starts, but. You know, you got to figure they got the last three points. I think in order to make the playoffs, they've, you know, they've got to get nine, ten points. And, and to me, in order to do that, you you've got to, you've got to get the six points this week. Because the problem is, is if, if you don't get the points now, and then if you, if on this, on the Northwest, you or you know, yourself. You're going to eliminate yourself to where, hey, even if you get points, yeah. you got too many teams to jump. Yeah, absolutely. Based on results, so it's it's no guarantee at this point, you know, not to no pun intended, but um, I know we are kind of running against the clock here and everything. So uh, let's get into our final thoughts for uh, this episode uh, before tomorrow night's matchup. So final thoughts: uh, SAFC put out a watch party uh, notification. Uh, at uh, the Twin Peaks at Desavala tomorrow night. Uh, so I think I'm planning on, on trying to go uh, for that here. Um, and then Saturday, uh, you know, they've got the, was it Hispanic Night? Mm-hmm. Hispanic uh, Heritage for Night. For that here. Pardon me? Hispanic Heritage Night. So they got the scarf uh, mm-hmm. for here. I, I, I suckered in and got one because yeah, the kids' soccer camp, the kids' soccer team's going. And they're going to be sitting in a different section, so I wanted to make sure if they wanted to sit with their team that they could have that. And I was like, all right, just you know, I'll, I'll get the scarf. So you're telling me you got a ticket for the game? Is is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I got I got five tickets for. <laughs> so Harry's got extra tickets, so we might be doing a giveaway. If you, uh, hey, we just hit 600 followers on our our Twitter page. Sorry, yeah, I got. I can. I can. We could get. We could give away to. I got. Uh, X bonus tickets. We can give two tickets away if you wanted. So we'll talk offline. That might be something that we set up. Yep. Well, awesome, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to. So the Hispanic Heritage Night for Saturday. Yeah, I know. I stole your spotlight with our 600 followers on Twitter. I guess I should have saved that for my own 
final thoughts. Um, but no, I just, uh, again, want to reiterate um, Friday night, if you're not doing anything, um, the Trinity soccer game versus Texas Lutheran University out there at Trinity. If you still haven't been to a game there at Trinity, that, that facility is amazing. Uh, just the grass that they play on, uh, the setup of it and everything. They have concession stands set up out there and all that good stuff. Um, should be one heck of a game. Like I say, I'm excited to see Caleb Weed in his freshman year. It's always good to see some of the local San Antonio high school kids getting minutes as freshmen now um, after they've committed and playing at the next level. So Friday night again at Trinity University, 7 p.m. Um, we'll see you out there, our game of the week. And uh, as always with San Antonio FC, man, like you say, Harry, it's, uh, it's, it's win or go home from this point on again for San Antonio FC. So this is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. What's life without goals? We out.